there is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the twilight zone. Tonight, wild root cream oil, the lanolin-enriched hair tonic that keeps hair well-groomed all day. Wild Root in bottle or tube brings you the Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone has been brought to you by Colgate Dental Cream with Gardol. Helps clean your breath while it fights decay. All right, everybody. Welcome to... God, <laughs> Yeah, what a start! <laughs> Welcome to the, I guess, real inaugural episode of the Rod Squad. Ooh. Yeah, um, oh, people yeah, are actually baby. here, and it's not just me. We we're the internet's freshest Twilight Zone podcast, uh, bringing you a new perspective on the Twilight Zone from four, soon to be five, college students. Uh, if we, if this podcast were an X Men, we'd be Jean Grey, because we're doing the mind and the matter. I like it. That, that was actually well thought of. I thought I, I gave you a four out of ten. Yeah, that's all I need. It's failing. <laughs> it might work. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. All right, so I'm obviously not alone this time, which is a surprise to everybody. But uh, I'm gonna just quickly interview you guys about you know the show and stuff, and then so the audience gets to know you, and I totally get to know you, because I don't know any of you. Not at all, we just met Did you just minutes burp? Ago. I mean, can I burp? Or should I <laughs> it? You can do whatever you want, as long as it's not cursing. Okay, well, probably not that far. Anyway, uh, let's just start with you, my friend. Oh. Alright, so, let's start with your name. I'm Ashley. I am an archaeology major with a minor in history. Mm, I really like the Twilight Zone, and I like to discuss things and get deeper methods, and I just kind of like to meme out, so I figured this is a great combination of the two. <laughs> Final, your favorite episode of the Twilight Zone? Probably an occurrence at Owl Creek. It's a good one. It's oh, so good. I'm Corey. I'm a government major. What was the next? <laughs> what do you hope to accomplish with this podcast? Okay, I've never seen this show before a couple weeks ago. I thought this was a weird vampire show from the 2000s. <laughs> so I'm going to get rid of that impression. Alright, and what's your favorite episode of The Twilight Zone? Whatever the name of the one we just watched. <laughs> It'd have to be this one. Yeah, <laughs> the only one that you see. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, my name is Tabitha. I am a sociology major here at Lawrenceville University. <laughs> Uh, what is the next question? Uh, what do you hope <laughs> to accomplish with this podcast? I want to become internet famous. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I mean, we all? We are on iTunes. Ooh, we have 20 boy. downloads on our first oh, episode. My. Are we the fifth so most happy. popular? We are like the seventh <laughs> most popular Twilight Zone podcast right now. Yes. No, but like in all reality, what I want to get out of this is like, I like analyzing things, especially because I'm a social major, so getting that sociological yeah. imagination knows, and tearing could, apart these episodes you could you could hand this in for a project down the road <laughs> your favorite episode of the twilight zone my favorite episode of the twilight zone i think 
it's called the road. It's whichever one is like the soldiers walking down the road, and it's like the lady at the house with Abe Lincoln. That's no, that's a Crocodile Creek. No, it's not. No, it's not. Is it, is it the one it's where the he's one like, like in limbo? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, you like the one with Abe Lincoln. Yeah. <sighs> I hate Abe Lincoln, but I like the one yeah, with Abe. Lincoln. I'm not gonna say anything about that. <laughs> it's like right. No politics. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. No politics. <laughs> no Abe Lincoln. Politics. Fake news. <laughs> <laughs> no, like Abe Lincoln, the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? Because it's a meme and it's fantastic. Yeah, dude. Can we watch it? Movie no. Yes. yes. Right. Maybe we don't. <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> Bonus is on. Bonus episode. Yeah. Bonus <laughs> Rod Squad meeting for Abe Lincoln Vampire Slayer. <laughs> All right. Uh, my name is Ben. You listened to last week episode. Last week's episode. You know me. If you're new, well, welcome. I don't know how you found us, but you did. What's and your you're major? here to stay. Oh yeah, I'm an environmental. <laughs> Yeah, I'm an environmental biology major with a minor in environmental science. Uh, I'm here to accomplish watching one of my favorite television shows with some of my favorite pals. Aww. They couldn't make it. I had to get you guys back up. This week we'll be covering The Mind and the Matter, a season two episode, Woo-hoo. number 63 Woo. of the production run. Let's listen to the opening opening narration. A brief and frenetic introduction to Mr. Archibald Beechcroft, a child of the 20th century, a product of the population explosion, and one of the inheritors of the legacy of progress. Mr. Beechcroft again. This time, act two of his daily battle for survival. And in just a moment, our hero will begin his personal one-man rebellion against the mechanics of his age. And to do so, he will enlist certain aids available only in the Twilight Zone. Before we jump into the plot discussion and spoil the ever-loving crud out of this here episode, we want to let you know that you can find this episode by searching on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's on Hulu. It's on the box set, which I have right up here. It's on a lot of illegal websites. Which we do not condone or know about. Because that's illegal. Yeah. But it's, yeah, if you want to find it, Netflix is probably your best bet. All right, let's go over the plot. Take two. (laughs) Okay. Uh, This episode starts with a zoom in on Mr. Archibald Beechcroft. Mm -hmm. We should probably start right there, because that name is ridiculous. Literally the greatest name I've ever heard. (laughs) No, no, it's perfect. Nobody was named that in the 1950s. How do you know? This guy was. Yeah, he was. This guy was. Not real. (laughs) The actor's name is Shelley Berman. You know know how casual that is? They're breaking the fourth wall. (laughs) Rod Sterling's intro is really interesting because I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but as a connoisseur of the Twilight Zone, he has a knack of insulting his protagonist every chance he gets in the intro. And uh, he didn't hear, which was really surprising, but he called him a product of like a big boom. Well, I would think industrialization. He, he's, he's a product of industrialization. Like, he's stuck he's, in that world where, like, everybody's... How old do you think he was? Yeah, true. He would have been born probably in the early 1900s. So yeah, or, probably. like, the really late 1800s. But so I he think, would have grown up in the 19th century. But I think they were talking more about a population boom than, like, a... I think it was industrial and uh, population. I thought they were talking about the Roaring Twenties. Anyway, glad we got that out of the way. Yeah. Uh, one thing I noticed immediately is there was a graph. There's a graph behind him at his office. Where he works, and uh, it looks like a stock graph, though. I, but, but 
he works at an insurance yeah, company. Yeah, he works at an insurance company, and he just has zigzag arrows. <laughs> don't like going up and down. Maybe it's just for the aesthetic. Yeah, it was just like a generic graph. Like, don't or try to look into it. Maybe it's the stock chart for the company. I know, speaking of the beginning, though, I noticed when he got on the train, which is, like, one of the first things he does, his face, except for the woman that gets extremely insulted with oh, him. Oh, yeah, she's great. Uh, <laughs> you don't see anybody else's face. They're just masses of people. There yeah. are, there's no identity, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, no, they did a good job making him a singular thing. Yeah. There's a fantastic woman that absolutely says terrible things we can't air on this podcast because we have a clean rating to him at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> but it's all silent. You have to imagine it. Uh, so he goes into his office, and he's having a wonderful old time, until uh, the coffee boy makes his rounds. Little Henry. Oh, Little Henry. Henry, Henry, Henry. Such Henry, a Henry, babe. And spills coffee all over Mr. Beechcroft's clothes. Why, <gasps> you clumsy clod. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Beechcroft. I didn't notice where I was going. Precisely your problem. Yes, that was funny. <laughs> that clip that we totally, I didn't, totally didn't splice in was really funny. Yeah, but that was uh, that's what he had to say. And, and I think it. What what did I have to say about that actually? <laughs> he, he calls him a clumsy clod, and I yeah. think that's fantastic. That's, that's yes. the most amazing insult I've ever heard. As he's brushing the, the 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 coffee that Kool-Aid hasn't even stuck to. His yeah, shirt. I agree. <laughs> yeah, clod is pretty pretty. But I think it gives a good perspective on his character going yeah. in, how he's yeah, just really kind of a jerk. Just a nasty guy. So next we see him hit up the bathroom because he needs to clean himself off, and we're met with our third, I guess, important character, Mr. Mr. Rogers. Rogers. Wait a minute. I want to talk about the fact that he, like, throws something away in the trash can, and then he snips his hand as he sits <laughs> down. That's very important. <laughs> but he left her throwing it away. But he like, he, like, throws something away, sniffs his hand, and sits down, and then as soon as Mr. Rogers walks into the bathroom, he washes his hand. <laughs> This is the golden age of bathrooms. I miss when you could sit down in them like they had lounges. And the a break room mirror. was in the bathroom. Was there a double mirror? Yeah, there was a mirror behind him and the mirror on the sink, which I don't know if they were doing that to make it look bigger, but it was really weird. I don't want to be washing my hands, see the guy behind me, and then see the back of him as There's well. Some, I went to a bathroom at a bar one time waiting for a show, and I was in line, and I was like, boy, I really have to pee. So I went to this bar, and I was wow. like, look... I don't want to buy anything from you. Can I use your bathroom? And they were very generous, so they said, yeah. So I walk in, and it's a normal, like, disgusting, dingy bar bathroom. I'm not complaining. My bladder's screaming at this point. <laughs> but they had a full-length, full-size standing mirror adjacent to the urinal. Oh. So I got... It was it was really interesting, because it... Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> that's just my fun bathroom story. It had nothing to do with the rest of this episode, but mirrors... <clears throat> Mirrors aren't always the worst part of bathrooms. Alright, so after the bathroom, they cut to the cafeteria. Which is a crazy cafeteria in yeah, itself. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Do you think they were realistically like this? Like cafeterias back in the 50s? Well, I think it might have been just to... Because, like you said, with the whole child of the 20th century, I think yeah. it was to kind of enunciate that and make it like, oh, everything's in tinfoil. Oh, there's no human interaction to get food. It's just on a tray. Yeah, like very robotic. And yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you guys ever worked in an office before? No. Uh, I got to do I a, a subway. In, yeah. <laughs> oh man. I made sandwiches for yeah. a living. <laughs> like, I, in today's office world, I guess maybe they moved away from like per heavy duty production to 
we don't want to pay for our employees' well-being because you had yeah, to bring your lunch every day. You had to go out and buy or bring. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how capitalism changes. Oh, capitalism. Capitalism. So he was in the cafeteria, and then he sits down because good old uh, Henry what? saves him a seat. What a babe. Yeah, he know. wants to apologize yeah. for the shenanigans. I think for, the, for the conundrum earlier. <laughs> for I'm being a Claude. And uh, he gets him a nice, he saves him a seat, and he gives him a book entitled The Mind and the Matter, which is the title used in the episode. And he spills more water on him. <laughs> he spills more water on him. Because he's just Henry the Claude. Yeah, but anyway, one of his dirty, probably socialist friends <laughs> picked up this book. <laughs> picked up this book at a cafeteria, and, uh, not a cafeteria, God. A bookstore. At a bookstore, and gave it to him, and he claims that this book can... Can, has magical properties to it. Going off of that, the magic property that his friend supposedly did was tell convince a lady to buy a scarf. Chartreuse and orange. I think that's so weird. That's like, a really polite way of per- acquiring <clears throat> the lady's digits, to put it cleanly. Yeah, but it wasn't ugly no, no, scarf. He, it was they were like looking, orange. I imagine <laughs> looking through a window just being like, buy that scarf. And you know, she can't hear that. There's nothing going on for her. It's a really like, mean thing to do. Like, he has no idea about her social economic status. Yeah. And he's well, like, she's gonna get waste a scarf. your money. I, I, yeah, but that well, could have been... Well, what if that was a scarf that she wanted anyway? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, she That's probably true. just picked it well, anyway. Maybe the power doesn't even work. Or maybe everybody just took a holiday. <laughs> maybe everybody game. just disappeared. Like yeah. a Spongebob episode. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Should we, like, keep a tally for Spongebob yeah, references? Yeah, Spongebob references, <laughs> So Beechcroft, with this new information, ends his workday and uh, returns home to, to start reading in on the mind of the matter. And uh, can we talk about his dinner? Because from what we saw, it was ketchup, coffee, and toast. He had an entire coffee pot on his table. That's so disgusting. But, like, on his plate, it could have been, like, potatoes and eggs or whatever. But he could have already eaten it. Like, you know, you read and you eat. But why does he have three pieces of bread? If you're a 40-year-old man, take care of yourself. (laughs) I understand (laughs) that living alone may lead to bad habits, but... Don't drink an entire pot of coffee. Don't drink an entire... And don't put ketchup on your toast. Anyway, so his landlady starts, um... Rapping on the old door. Beechcroft, rent is due. Yeah. <laughs> she gives him like four seconds to answer the door yeah. before she's pounding on the door. <laughs> she's the most obnoxious, impatient lady ever. And Beechcroft. And she deserved what happened yeah, to her. Anyway, it's what happened rules. to her was this. Well, you just concentrate hard enough to get rid of the. Concentration. Mind over matter. Today, the landlady. Tomorrow, the world. 
I got like I got a really like when he says, you know, today the landlady, tomorrow the world. I got oh, yeah, that was really awkward Adolf Hitler vibes. Oh, he's a fascist. <laughs> Oh, wait, yeah. are we not going to talk about how he made her cease to exist? Yeah, like, like he, he, he killed, killed his landlady. Yeah, no, yeah. he didn't kill her. She Come on no now. longer existed. Come on now. So there was no, no he birth killed of her. Yeah, there no, was no death. No, he killed her. No, Come she on. doesn't exist, though. Well, I like to. I like that's to, what happens when you die. Yeah. You cease to exist. But there was no birth because she was gone. Like, she. I mean, if she had kids. I mean, she probably wiped out her whole family, too. If she. Oh, my God. Her entire bloodline is just gone. And she never comes back, which me, leads me to le- believe that Beechcroft has probably, like, five unanswered deaths, like, on his conscience. Well, I mean, if you probably bring everybody back, just leave the rent lady out, because yeah, that's what? Free like, housing. Yeah, yeah well, no more rent. But then who's gonna, like, take, like, keep the upkeep of mm-hmm. the, uh, the apartment oh, building? No, Beechcroft has mental powers. He can just do it himself. Oh, you're right. He's got it made. He doesn't need her anymore. <laughs> Send her to the cornfields. <laughs> So that's a reference to an episode called uh, It's a Good Life, where yeah. a little boy has a little sociopathic they, boy. They, they based the Fallout 3, the one part in Fallout 3 about that, but we sh- we'll talk about that when we get to that yeah, episode. We, got, I don't we have a whole it. section based on things that ripped off the episodes, so. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Ben here from the future. Uh, about two days after we finished recording, we forgot to do our segment on um, what this episode uh, has influenced in the future. Luckily for us, this inf- this episode has influenced nothing, so we really don't have anything to talk about. But uh, I'm gonna try to remember not to leave out any segments next time. Um, so after that, he decides that he's gonna wipe out the whole entire world, and nothing needs to exist because nothing matters. No people need to exist. No people. Uh, well, we never see nature. Well, like, he's in a city, though, and there is something that he says later in the episode. He doesn't look That's like the guy that gets cuddly with dogs or cats. That's true. I mean, it kind of yeah. looks like the guy that, like, when they walk over to him, when the owner's not looking, he just kind of kicks him. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> He's like, Off my shoe, animal. <laughs> if it was a cat, can you blame him? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't. I dearly love my cats. You've stepped in the wrong, wrong part of the Twilight Zone, my friend. <laughs> you are in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> All right. So he. What kind of noise was that? Yeah, that the was Twilight Zone noise. <laughs> <laughs> He rides up on his train station. Literally, though. Yeah, and then does a little wink of the eye, a little twinkle of the nose. And Takes then off his glasses. Millions upon millions of people cease to live. <laughs> My question is, do you think he made everyone cease to exist in that city or the world? The world. I'm gonna say the world. Yeah. Wouldn't it cause like major problems, like it happens and like day. fires <laughs> and it was a day. <laughs> he can control everything. This it's is, fine. We're talking about America in the 1960s. We weren't exactly looking out as a global mm-hmm. superhero. That's, that's true. That's true. That's true. We had our own issues to deal with <coughs> the Cold War, so it was kind of a rough time to be <laughs> Beechcroft. It is true. You snooze, you lose. You cease to exist and your power plant blows up. Deal with it yourself. It happens. <laughs> anyway, so once everybody ceases to exist, he decides that he's going to work with his day because... Can we talk about the train for a second? Yeah, we can. When the, when the train pulled up, I was so confused. Yeah. I was like, how is the train working without any people? And then I was like, wait a minute. He has superpowers. Well, there's still, but there's still a hole because he takes a nap. It... Does that well, mean his powers can even work yeah. while he's sleeping? Well, he subconsciously, before he fell asleep, was like, 
this train's gonna take me to work, and then passed out. So I'm assuming it was like. That's a thing. Like, what happens if you fall asleep Maybe and have a dream that? Maybe he was just resting like, his eyes. That's true. Yeah. What happens if you have a dream that your landlady's like a banana split, and when you come in the next day, she's literally ice cream? You eat her. Also, in that scene, I think it's a really important note. The music's playing throughout, it's busy, and then the minute that he makes everyone disappear, the music stops. It's almost yeah. as if the orchestra kind of disappeared, too, and I thought that was kind of cool. I really Ooh. dug the stock music, too, but we can talk about that later. Stock everything. Yes, there's a lot of stock footage. Um, anyway, he walks in on the office all alone, throws his new paper on his desk's desk. Drops his cigarette on the floor, so that's a minus animal. five on the episode. What an animal. Disgusting. He was smoking? Yeah, he yeah. was smoking. And he, I like, had was... half, he had, like, half a stick and just went, Back then boop, you were... under the floor. Because what? The surgeon... started a fire. The Surgeon General didn't release the, the big smoking thing until at least 1964. Yeah, we're assuming early. Yeah, this was 1962 this episode came out, so the FCC still let you smoke on television. And there's nothing wrong with that. Can you not smoke on television? No, you're not allowed to smoke on TV. They do, they do in the old well, yeah. yeah. people still smoke on yeah. TV. Yeah. Really? yeah. Maybe yeah. like public TV? No, because they do on public shows too. Like, not as aggressively as they did, and they don't advertise cigarettes. Yeah, I think it's just yeah. advertising. And it's yeah. not like everybody's smoking on the show. It's, it's usually like, like, some, like an American Horror Story. She smokes... Yeah. Uh, what's your face smokes all the time on Yeah, it. but it's not like Emma prominent. Turn. No. Like back in the fifties everybody baby. smoked. The one that was in the circus that had the two heads. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I also think though that now like that'll hike up your rating. Where like back in the fifties, if your show was like I don't know how the FCC did that back then, but if it was like T V P G I guess. Like, smoking oh, wouldn't change it, but yeah. now I think you have to label it as, like, drug use or tobacco use. Probably. I think so. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> all the tangents aside, he, uh, he settles in for the work day. Goro's quite bored. And then we get another really weird sequence where his mirror starts talking no, to him. Glasses first. His glasses starts talking to him, and it says, All is well and good. Well and good, to be sure. But, what's to do? How does one occupy his time? Too much of a good thing? Oh, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say that. But you're thinking it. Thing, like right before his glasses start like talking to him, he says, "Without much to do, how does one occupy his time?" And you're just kind of like, you could "Whoa, do he's yeah. bored already! Yeah. <laughs> it's been like 20 minutes." Yeah, <laughs> he's like typed at a typewriter. There's plenty of stuff you could do. Well, I mean, zoos. Well, if you made all like the animals not exist. Well, yeah. yeah, we don't know if that happened or well, not. If I were him, I would have like got a big house, went swimming, had fun. Probably would have animals though. You could steal a. Like the you wouldn't steal, car. you could just get it. Yeah. Food you could eat from the yeah. grocery store. Yeah, man. All you the could Twinkies get anything in the world. you wanted, you could go yeah. anywhere. But I think it's interesting he's also working at an insurance company, you know, since Which there's no people. people around Don't need insurance. to pay for their insurance. Thanks, Obamacare. <laughs> <laughs> no politics. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Have like a little, like a SpongeBob, the wee that's <laughs> <laughs> number two. Number two. I'm gonna get a whiteboard for it. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just have it outside. 
Alright, so um, after that, he decides that the next natural course of uh, abusing his power is to create natural disasters. Which he doesn't enjoy very much. No, here's the he segment. Wanted something exciting. Here's the segment. some kind, any sort of diversion, like, uh, like, uh, an earthquake. Oh, for goodness sakes, no, 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 not that. Nice little electrical storm. Forget it. I believe I've had it for the day. Yes, that's really cool. I think he starts with an earthquake. Yeah, right? and then a thunderstorm. And then a thunderstorm. And we instantly we just watched that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the wanking's picking up over the mic. <laughs> wait, like wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Wee <laughs> wee. Does that count as a third? I get, I don't know, two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half Spongebobs out of ten. <laughs> oh, millennials. That's how I'm going to rate this episode. <laughs> so yeah, I thought it was kind of cool, though, just the way they did the, uh, <clears throat> did the effects for that section with the earthquake and the, I mean, mm-hmm. it's very basic, but I think yeah. it was effective. The little typewriters, you know, sliding around in the back. Yeah. <laughs> and the one painting just falling off of its hook and just yeah. kind of dangling. <laughs> uh, I don't actually know how they did that effect. I couldn't find that anywhere in any trivia. Do you think it maybe? well, what kind of technology would they have? Because they could have lifted that maybe on a forklift yeah, or something. Yeah, they could have shaken the it. set or they yeah. could have just had, like, sound effects. Because he, he visibly moves and the typewriters actually move, so they had to move the set. Yeah. They could have had the technology back then. Yeah, but, but the painting could have been something that was just triggered and went down. Yeah, so he decides that, uh, he decides that that's enough for one day of <laughs> maybe God. causing, yeah, playing <laughs> God. And, uh, then returns home, but before that, when he stops back at the train station, this was my favorite part of the episode... He kind of slyly walks up to a picture and draws a mustache on the woman's face in the good. picture. He's and so mature. Yeah, he, like, he laughs to himself. I feel like that's something Steve would do. That is something my father Steve would do. <laughs> He's probably going to listen to this. Shout out to Steve. Yeah, shout out to Steve. I think, did I ever tell you the modern art story? Maybe. Anyway, my dad went to a modern art. I guess it was, he was oh, just yeah, dating my mom one. at the time. He went to a modern art exhibit at the Philly uh, Philly Art Museum, and it was all like these stones all across and like a big circle in the room. And he's like, "I don't get this." I think I'm sorry, Steve, if the story's incorrect. I'm pretty sure he was like, "I don't get this," because every time I go see modern art with him, that's what he kvetches to me about. And then. And then he kicked one of the stones out of the place, and he said, now it's my art. <laughs> I hope that's true, because that's great. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good story. <laughs> knock, knock, cops knocking on the door now. Street! <laughs> I want to have cops calling so him Street. <laughs> Street! We know you're in there. 
I want to backtrack just a little bit because I wrote another quote down. Um, I think it was while he was talking to one of the reflections before he went to the train station to go home. It's uh, the quote was, "Solitude is one thing, but loneliness loneliness is quite another." And that like really hit, just because um, he just wants to be alone and like in solitude, but then he just like realizes how like yeah. sad his life is. <laughs> He's like, yeah. oh, man, I am so lonely. Yeah. And his reflection's like, I told you so. <laughs> With that point. His, his reflection is such a troll, though, man. Like, a little smirk he has and, like, everything yeah, he does to a, him. He's just like, a butt. Because he's lying to himself. <laughs> so the reflection's like, are you sure, Beechcroft? I still think it was kind of weird that his imagination was popping up. I didn't really get that. I, I think that it was, was I felt it was more of a self-conscious. And it was yeah. the only way that they could have portrayed that with the technology they had and... Maybe it was just yeah. his guilt eating him alive like because think... he did technically kill everybody. <laughs> I also like to think that, like, because he is playing God, he, like, created another version of himself trapped in the glass mirror dimension. Oh, well, it's his version of Satan. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. That's a little intense, my dear. I don't know. I still didn't think it was the most Maybe coherent plot decision. <laughs> Believe me, there are so many episodes where the twist is Satan that we have not even <laughs> begun to get to. Um, okay, so going home uh, on the verge of just putting everything back to normal is one more brilliant idea, and that is to... To create people just like him. Yeah, that was his big master plan. That's the first time I said that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not the second. That was his he big... Just, he just wanted clones. Yeah. <laughs> That was his big plan. He wanted to get a bunch of clones together. That was my favorite part of the whole episode, in all honesty. It's so meme and it's hilarious. It looked really bad. He was a female, though. Yeah, like, no. She was like, what did she call She called him something. You, it was just you a, stupid little you man. You silly little man. So, get off my foot, you, you silly, silly little, little man. <laughs> Those masks were horrifying. Yeah, just I love to, them. to reiterate, since this is an audio podcast, and I don't know if you actually bothered to watch the episode... Yeah, watch along with us. Yeah, no, it's just <laughs> we're in college and everybody's like, do your homework. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> to reiterate what was happening, um, yeah, he. Uh, You're explaining how they made the math. Yeah, thank you. No, You're it was welcome. not actually. Oh. His plan. <laughs> his plan. <laughs> his plan was to uh, to make everybody himself. And then uh, half the people were wearing masks of Archibald Beechcroft, and the other half were played by him. Played by him, and that included a woman and a few individuals. I kind of like this effect. Mister, oh no, it looks so bad. No, the masks look terrible, but I like the idea of him playing multiple people. Oh well, yeah, like, like the woman and the elevator operator, and a couple of his uh, office the mustache people. man. Yeah, I think that was really the clever. Mustache I think man. he handled it really well. <laughs> So the episode ends with him bringing everybody back, and uh, I think I think his buddy spills coffee on him one more time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he doesn't care this time. Yeah, he's no. like, it's, it's like okay. it's all good. Henry's like, so how did you think about that book? And he's like, it was a bunch of baloney. Yeah, he's like, I'm sorry, Henry, but <laughs> it was a good read, but it was <laughs> fake news. Your communist manifesto did not interest me today. <laughs> I watched. I watched the bonus content for this episode, which just was the actor who played Archibald Beechcroft doing a con like a commentary over the episode and it was pretty redundant stuff he talked about his beginnings which we'll jump into during our brief bios um he just talked about how much he really loved rod serling how much he enjoyed being on the show how fun it was for him how much he loved the show personally and you know just saying rod serling was a great guy the twilight zone was a really pleasant experience and uh i came there to 
win, win, win. <clears throat> the only interesting thing I got out of his stuff is that uh, he and Sterling got along really well. He came up with the idea to play a woman, which I imagine the conversation was like, Hey, Rod, I want to be a woman. <laughs> make, <laughs> make me a woman. Okay, yeah, so it wasn't in the script, <laughs> but he, he requested to add it in. And then I think we're breaching on the PG rating with that comment. <laughs> and then finally, just a fun fact, he got his first job from Clint Eastwood when he was on a Western that Clint Eastwood was producing back yeah. in the day. All right, now it is time to move on to... My favorite segment. Are you what's, just saying what's, that? What's the what's segment? The segment? <laughs> just general plot Cat's discussion. Favorite se- general segment. feelings. Not general plot discussion. We just did general that. Feelings. General feelings. I love feelings. Uh, this was a pretty... Dark comedy episode. I consider this a comedy episode. I don't think definitely this was, comedy. This wasn't. This wasn't like wasn't boom. Your family's dead. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it kind of was. <laughs> it kind of was. The landlord never came back. I mean, I think we also didn't this... see him at his house afterward, though. Yeah. So she could have yeah, come back. Yeah, came back. I just like to believe that she never yeah. did. <laughs> Yeah, and there's also no like really scary aspect like watching. No, no. I was there was nothing that was like oh no like it was just kind of like the oh, masks no. were like frightening because of quality. <laughs> they were amazing. I'm gonna have nightmares about yeah. those. I Let's want be real. that as a Halloween costume. No, you don't. Not gonna lie. You don't want to look like like an old Jewish comedian. You'd like it. I am an old Jewish comedian. Why would I want to look at me all day? <laughs> If I wanted to do that, I'd stay home. That's the Halloween costume. Just wear a mirror. Yeah, wear a <laughs> I'm yourself. I'm you, but stronger. <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess, yeah, I really I really thought this was a pretty decent episode. Um, I thought the plot moved along kind of nicely. I didn't think it was really boring at any point. I don't think uh, I was ever unentertained. There was, a, there was a few... I think the parts where he... And his mirror companion dragged on way too long, though. Mm-hmm. I just... Mm. I don't know. Like, I kind of, like... I thought it gave it more of a, a comedic aspect to it. Like, the whole situation where he's in his bathroom, and he's not sure if the reflection is himself or his mirror self. And then the mirror self just kind of leans forward and does a cute little wave. Like, that just makes me laugh. I, I just think the parts at his job were really boring. I mean, yeah. it really wasn't that hard to say, I'm bored. Let's do something else. I mean, it was good. Like it was so obvious where it was going. Yeah, and I thought that made it drag more than it would have if it wasn't so obvious. I don't know. I'm easy to please, so I really <laughs> enjoyed this episode. <laughs> uh, I did like the effects, though. Outside of the masks, I think the Beechcroft dress-up That's routine was really point. good, and I, I really, I really like the earthquake and rain effect. I like the stock footage of yeah. the outside of whatever. Scene yeah, I think in. it was in San Francisco. It was, it was aesthetically pleasing. Fifties. Downtown. Stock syndrome or stock syndrome stock uh, stock syndrome. <laughs> Some newspaper going extra extra. A little boy going, I need money. <laughs> and I don't know, I just really like it. I thought I mean, it was it different. Has strong qualities. We'll get an actual rating later, but I just think, you know, we talked about technical design, we talked about plot, we talked about how the story moves. I thought the sound design was really good. I thought the music the it music was, all, was phenomenal. It was all stock stock music. It was but, um, phenomenal. But that's okay. It kind of fit really the whole worked. like like urbanization, everything's like kind yeah, of the same, and like it's very quick, and the the strings on the opening track is really impatient and just mm-hmm. like moving. Yeah, it's like a little like yeah. I think this episode has a lot more deep themes than the script gave it credit for. Oh, for sure. Because Sterling wrote this, and I think uh, I think I think it could have been a little deeper. 
I think if he would have went into Beechcroft's character a little bit more, or at least his... Like, if they would have spent his day, like, him doing crazy stuff, and then... Yeah, like, living his best life. Yeah, Yeah, like, living his best life, but then, like, every so often he would do something being like, oh, check this out, and then no one being able to acknowledge it. Like, the whole scene with drawing the mustache on the poster, where he he just kind of, like, glanced around laughing to himself, and then he was like, I am all alone. Yeah, because that, I thought, was a lot more powerful than him talking to his mirror self. Yeah, I wish there was, like, little... Like, um, more little bits like that. Yeah, just yeah. to kind of, like, show how lonely he really was. Because yeah. he's just like, oh, I gotta show everybody this, and then nobody else is around. Yeah. Yeah. But it's subtle enough he's not actually saying it. You can just tell by his facial expressions, which mm-hmm. I thought was ingenious, and I think the actor is a phenomenal guy. He is. Compared to some of the actors we'll be seeing later on in the series. Oh, yeah. It gets, it gets a lot worse before it gets better. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, we're jumping around, so that's not true. I was reading something. <laughs> I, I saw. Uh, yeah, so I guess that could pretty much wrap up general feelings about the episode. We knocked, yeah. we pretty much hit all the targets that I thought we should. Uh, let's head over into bios and trivia. I need to come up with, like, a cool jingle, maybe. Do-do-do-do! Bios and trivia! Right. Yeah! We'll change up the jingle every time. We'll just sit here and like Sometimes do a little polka like, dance in this case. Bio down trivia. <laughs> I think. Do you it. think Connor would like let us borrow his keyboard and we could just sit here like? Oh, yeah. We could just do the whole episode <laughs> musically. We, we should talk. have a musical episode. <laughs> we speak in braille. <laughs> <laughs> One dot, a slightly lower dot. <laughs> Two dots on top of one another. Yeah. Oh no. Oh god. Okay. That's... I can speak braille, guys. Yeah. Is there like an association of like people? That's why you speak people? braille. Are you like little fishy faces? Yeah. Are, even, like, are, are you move... chewing something? Are you like miming No, gum? no, no, no. Because they'd be like, she's feeling. Like... Oh. Oh, that's fancy. <laughs> Finn is her pet fish. He's our little beta fish that lives in our room. <laughs> anyway, bye. <laughs> Finn wasn't in this episode. It was written by Rod Serling. I talked about him way too much in the first episode. Because he's one hottie, so. <laughs> one hottie with a body. Yep. Directed by Buzz Kulik. It's gonna, this is the first of nine episodes. Uh, Shelly <laughs> Berman played Archibald Beechcroft. He is still alive. He was a member of Second City, which is a world nation. Nation. A world nation. A world nation. No, world it's, it's a nation famous improv troupe. It's a comedy troupe. Uh, Rick Moranis was a part of it. He was in Spaceballs. He was in Ghostbusters. I love Rick Moranis. He was in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He's, yeah. He's a, great a guy. phenomenal guy. Uh, was he in Little Shop of Horrors? Yes, I think yeah. he was. He, uh, not he. Seymour. Shelley Berman was in an episode of Hannah Montana ten years ago. Yeah. Where he played a dentist. That was think, a good episode. Yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff through his career. I just thought Hannah Montana was kind of the cool. Well, people will recognize It was that. his peak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't really get acting until he met Hannah. He was so close to finding where Miley was, too. Jack Greenwich was in this episode. He played Henry. He's still alive. He rejected another movie role to star in a little unknown picture called Rebel Without a Cause. Hmm. You guys know that movie? No. Yeah. I, know. It I know it's important. James Dean. That was his big role. I know it's James important. James Dean. It led to a lot of the counterculture in the 1950s and the sexual revolution, arguably, 
amongst other things, you uncultured swine. All right. <laughs> I love the sexual revolution. Just I don't know the history behind it. <laughs> Chet Stratton played Rogers. He's dead, and I couldn't find anything about him. Well, well, I am, his if, life must have sucked. If somebody wants to write a Chet Stratton book, I will purchase it from you because I feel like he needs his own IMDb page. I think, he probably has one. I think he was just in a lot of no-name, unimportant roles. He'd be like a two-page okay. book. All right, moving on to <laughs> trivia, trivia, trivia. Oh, That's our jingle. <laughs> from Mark Scott Zickery's book, uh, The Twilight Zone Companion, Volume 2. The effects weren't good for the time. Uh, William Tuttle created the masks, and the first ones were terrible, and everyone knew it, but they didn't have enough time to make new ones. And from Martin Grahams Jr.'s book, Unlocking the Door to a Television Classic, this was based off a short story Rod wrote in the 50s about a man who caught a ball at a... Or the, it's called The Man Who Caught the Ball at Cooklin's Bluff, which is when a guy catches a ball and decides, hey, I'm not going to be so sad anymore and so weird and stop being moody. But uh, that ends with him realizing that he's good when he's moody because his wife can actually stand him when he's not a good person. So, uh, When filming, they used the guy who played Henry to act the mirror scene. So Archibald Beechcroft would stand where he did in the episode and Henry would stand on the other side and they'd talk to each other and do the lines and obviously they cut out they in the editing room they cut out the henry part and this is the same set as an episode called mirror image it's a first season episode and it takes place in a bus depot uh, it's about this woman who sees her mirror image and things get kind of spooky i am also afraid of my reflection yeah all right so let's move on to <laughs> <laughs> the imdb rating on IMDb, this has a 6.7, which is in the lowest kind of lowest kind of episode range. It's probably in the bottom ten. It's like a D plus. Yeah, it's it's in the pretty. It fails. It's in the badlands. No, it's passing. I mean, a 6.7 is pretty good for most things on That's IMDb. True. It's like a six. That's true. Six or lower. <laughs> it's better than the Mummy. Uh, there are no hey, goofs. Don't talk about the Mummy like that. <laughs> The new one. The new one. Oh, the new one? Oh, yeah. no, never mind. Brendan Fraser. I thought we were talking about Brendan Fraser, and I'm like, I am in love with Brendan Fraser. Me please don't, too. Please don't talk bad about him. Those movies were terrible. You, mm, They were. Right. Come on now, they were. Yeah. Come on. And then you had the spinoff with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Like, we don't talk about that. No, we just talk about Brendan Fraser. He had a weird ponytail. Anyway, keep going. Anyway, there are no goofs in this episode. There's just a little tiny one where... A boom mic was visible around the four minute mark. Wow, now I have yeah, to rewatch it. Yeah, so we didn't notice it. Uh, 6.7 IMDb. 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 I'm I already said it was in probably the low 10, the, mm-hmm. I mean, the lowest kind of 10 of the episodes. Uh, what did you guys rate this sucker? Let's start with Ashley. Well, um, for sentimental value and just how I viewed the value of the actual episode and watching it a thousand times I realized I liked it more and more instead of hated it more and more and so I kept it at a solid 7 out of 10 solid 7 it's not bad Corey alright look this is a lot better than the like edgy teenage vampire <laughs> show that I thought it was <laughs> but it was still you know I was expecting a swerve and it just didn't come and the middle kind of dragged a lot so I gotta give it a, like a 5 out of 10 alright and I, I, I feel like that's being generous 
Episode of the Twilight Zone. Nothing offensively bad. Nothing even I'd really consider bad. It was it was okay. It was just really forgettable. And that's where I uh, that's where my six comes in. All right. Well, I guess that concludes the ratings. Mm-hmm. Let's do the final bit before I bid you adieu for until two weeks from now. Or we we reconvene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna leave you guys by well two things. Uh, first off is the preview of next week's episode, which I'll read to you, and then you have to guess the twist. Have any of you guys seen the episode we're covering next week, Come Wander With Me? I have, because we watched it together, okay, well then you and then I spammed it a thousand times. I don't think so. qualified from this. Let me, alright, so it's just down to you guys. Let me read you guys Rod Serling's intro narration, and then, uh... Ready to fail his quiz, Corey? Totally. Well, you just gotta <laughs> guess this. Alright, here we go. <laughs> Mr. Floyd Burney, a gentleman songster in search of song, is about to answer the age-old question of whether a man can be in two places at the same time. As far as his folk song is concerned, we can assume we can assure Mr. Burney that he'll find everything he's looking for, although the lyrics may not be all to his liking. But that's sometimes the case when the words and music are recorded in the Twilight Zone. Oh my god, he's gonna have a clone. His music is gonna be his clone. Is that really what you're going with? <laughs> I have no idea. Well, music is a clone. Corey? His turtle doesn't like mustard. <laughs> That's a good twist. That's such a specific... I think there are, like, a singular turtle in this episode. And finally, the question of the week. If you could be granted a power for a day, what would it be and why? You only have this power for a single day. Only a day? Only a day. Alright, we gotta think for a second. Flying. That's what I would choose. I wanna be dead for a day. One, oh. because death. It's <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Two, because I wanna see what it's like, and then I can come back. Oh. So. I want the power to time travel, because I just go everywhere, and then once the day was over, you know. Could you, like, would you count? technically repeat the day? No, no, no. Or would, you, or would it, it would only be, be a limit of 24 hours? Yeah, it would be only limited 24 hours. But I could, like, go to the 17th century and then come back, and then, but that would only be, like, an Spe- hour. Someone say spend, like, an hour. <laughs> also, hopefully, I'll just not be able to smell anything for the day. <laughs> Why? Oh, because they all stank back then. <laughs> just, just walk yeah, around girl. with, like, those medical masks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like have, the... like, dryer sheets in it, so all you smell is the dryer sheet. Well, back in the... Dark, the dark plague. <laughs> dark, dark Plagueis. Yeah. <laughs> back in the back in during the bubonic plague, they used to stuff like really Herbal strong. things in the. Didn't mess. work. It was actually kind of counter-effective. But it, it helped you not smelling. Well, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's why that's why they had the the posies in their pockets. Pockets full of posies because you see that. Yeah, they all they because all ended up spring around the rosy is uh, about the bubonic plague. <laughs> right, and with that, I think it's time to. <laughs> Throwing the proverbial towel. It was a pleasure seeing you guys again and talking about this episode. Two weeks from now, come wander with me. We'll have Connor with us too. Yay. I'll see you guys then. Totally unbelievable. Mr. Archibald Beechcroft, a child of the 20th century, who was found out through trial and error, and mostly error, 
that with all its faults, it may well be that this is the best of all possible worlds. People notwithstanding, it has much to offer. Tonight's case in point, in the Twilight Zone. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back, I guess. This is going to be, it's really weird because we're recording this the night before we actually record the first episode, but we're putting this at the end of the first episode, so you'll hear this last. Anyway, I'm with one of my co-hosts. Hi, everybody. I'm Connor, and I'm one of the co-hosts. Yeah, so he's not hes not able to make it tomorrow night because of academia stuff and, what is it, uh, band finals? Drum corps. That's awesome, dude. Congrats for making it. Yeah, all weekend in uh, Rochester. Yeah, so, oh, Rochester, New York. Yeah, man. That's a hell of a drive. Uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then I'm going to let you just talk about the episode, and I'll be quiet, and then you'll give it a rating, and then we will see you for the next episode. Which is so weird, because we're recording this the night before we all actually get together and record it. I am majoring in uh, music education. I'm a sophomore, just like everybody else here. I mean, I've always been interested in the Twilight Zone. There was a there was an English teacher I had my freshman and sophomore year, and she showed us an episode for, for some reason. I forget what it was, but I really enjoyed it, and I always have been meaning to watch more of it. And this is like a perfect excuse for me to do that. When I watched... Uh, the Mind in the Matter, I watched two other episodes after that. It's it's such a good show, and yeah. I just want to be able to delve more into it and actually discuss it with people. There's two that come to mind. The first one is the pilot. Like, you know, you don't know until the very end what it is. I'm not going to spoil it or anything, because I don't know if everybody has seen it or if, everybody is, if we're going to watch it as a group. We will. Okay. And the other one is... Uh, the Monsters Who Do at Maple Street. That was the first episode I saw, so that kind of has a special play, place in my heart and another kind of weird ending for that one. Yeah, yeah, neat. All right, so I'm just going to let you talk about the episode. Uh, feel free. And then uh, I'll jump back in and we'll talk about what you rate it, and then we will bid you adieu. So it's all the floor is yours. All right. Okay, so this episode for me was a little bit different from what I've been expecting and from what I've seen of the Twilight Zone, there's before it's it's always a sort of twist at the end, and it's sort of explained. But like when he, I'm forgetting the guy's name, uh, uh, Archibald Beechcroft. Archibald Beechcroft. When Beechcroft uh, first gets the book and he concentrates and changes the world to how he quote unquote wants it to be, like you never ex he it never gets explained like the forces behind that it just kind of is and and that was and the end of the episode rather than everything getting explained it's sort of like a moral lesson i don't want to say the cliche the grass is always greener on the other side but like that's what came to mind for me because he reshaped the world in the way that he thought he wanted it to be but it wasn't exactly what he had planned for it to be so when he did redo it, he realized, whoa, okay, the way it was wasn't so bad, so I'm going to go back to everything the way it was. And I mean, that's just a kind of a departure from the other episodes that I've seen. I mean, granted, I haven't seen that many myself, but there's always some weird twist at the end. It's explained how, how the weird phenomena was happening that it was, and that just wasn't really present with that episode for me I saw at least 
I would probably give it about a five or a six. It was entertaining, but it definitely won't go down as one of my favorites in the series. Oh yeah, uh, since everybody's listening to this after our all the 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 group's discussion, I can I can say it. I guess I'm giving it a six too. Like, You're not like, oh my god, what just happened at the end? It's like, okay, yeah. How does that book work? Yeah, exactly. All right, so two more quick things before you go. All right. So at the end of every episode, I'm going to end with the the preview of next week's episode, the next one we're covering, and you're going to guess what the twist is. And uh, if you get it wrong, I'll laugh. (laughs) Yeah, so have you ever seen the episode Come Wander With Me? I have not. All right, perfect. So let me just read this. This is from Rod Serling's opening narration. Mr. Floyd Burney, a gentleman songster in the search of a song, is about to answer the age-old question of whether a man can be in two places at the same time. As far as his folk song is concerned, we can assure Mr. Burney, uh, we can assure Mr. Burney he'll find everything he's looking for, although the lyrics may not all be to his liking. But that's sometimes the case when the words and the music are recorded in the Twilight Zone. Wait, so like, I can't tell you anything about the plot. That's all you're going to be able okay. to guess hmm. on. All we know is there's a guy named Mr. Floyd Burney, and he's in search of a song, and he finds it in the Twilight Zone. Oh, okay. Okay, so I think that the song that he finds is like, he like sings the song or whatever, and it turns out one of his like loved ones ends up dying because of the song. Uh, to be completely honest, you're really not that far off from the actual twist hmm. or the actual plot, but I won't spoil it, obviously. That's a pretty good guess. And uh, the main final thing, I guess, is... Uh, we do a question of the week at the end of every episode, and this week's episode is, if you could get a superpower for a day, what would it be? If you read a magic book and you kind of hmm. were given a superpower because of the book, but you only could have it for a day, what would you What would you choose? Since it's only for a day, I would probably want to read people's minds, because that's not a power that I would want to have forever, but like it would be cool to see what people are really thinking for a day or so a pretty good answer all right so this is the final sign off uh there's gonna be one before because again we're recording this before the main group but uh thanks for thanks for introducing yourself and talking about the episode and uh we will see you guys on the next episode of the rod squad